I'm David Catneys. Man, I couldn't get my name out. What a start. <laughs> this is uh, Congresswoman Lori Trahan. And this is Too Close to Call. Welcome, Congresswoman. Hello, David. Thank you for having me. You are the Congresswoman from the 3rd District in Massachusetts, which I believe is Lowell? Yes, Northern that's my home. West? That's your hometown. Yes, so right on the New Hampshire border and Lowell, Lawrence, Haverhill, west to Gardner, Fitchburg, south to Marlboro and Hudson. Are you in Texas right now, though? No, no. Okay, I'm in you are in Massachusetts. So I saw that you are on the Energy and Commerce Committee, correct? Yes, I am. Republicans are in Texas for, for hearings down there. I didn't know if the Democrats go. Yeah, uh, you know, we we were invited. Uh, full committee um, was invited. I couldn't make this trip because I had a lot of district commitments, uh, you know, dating back, you know, for months. Uh, so, yep, I, I'm uh, well, I'll go on a on a trip. I think there are other hearings planned uh, and we'll go. I uh, just I just need a little bit more time to to plan it. So I'm not upending the commitments I've made here. Yeah. Do you find it useful to travel for committees have you have you done that before yeah um so we haven't traveled so much as a committee yet you know we haven't done as many field hearings um so i do look forward uh to those i have been on codels i've I've been to the ukrainian border uh, with democrats and republicans i've been to the u.s border and those trips are uh incredibly important one because you know there's nothing quite like seeing how events that you read about are playing out on the ground and hearing people in their their firsthand accounts uh, but then also relationship wise they are gold uh you know you get to talk and meet and connect on a personal level to you know folks in your own party, but more importantly, uh, uh, folks in in uh, the other party. And I think that is missing uh, sometimes in Congress. You know the the activities that build relationships across the aisle, and trips are a great way to do that. Given the given the amount of migrants that are coming over, why not a wall or some physical barrier? Yeah, I, well, so I just. I don't believe walls work. Uh, I, it's it's uh, you know we've we've um, we've had this debate over and over. Uh, you know, right now we have um, many people who are crossing the border desperately uh, seeking asylum, which is a legal process in our country, right? Uh, and something that you know we've been proud of in our country. Um, you know, we have a processing problem. Uh, we don't have enough personnel. Uh, we, you know, the 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 wait times and uh and just the clear bureaucracy that goes around processing folks who are presenting themselves is just not sustainable. Uh, we also have a problem, you know, with uh ensuring that, you know, our our our, our diplomacy and all of our uh the tools that we use for our, you know, foreign affairs are mitigating, um, you know, migrants coming to the U.S. in the first place. And we have to get to the root cause of these migrations uh, because, you know, they're not going to stop if there are governments that are oppressing their people, if there are climate events that are are making it unsafe for people to live. Um, so, you know, I think that we have to have like a real conversation about what immigration reform looks like and stop focusing on, you know, these very narrow conversations around, uh, you know, things that aren't going to fix the, the entire the entire problem. 
one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is what Democrats can do to bolster President Biden as he mm-hmm. looks to face re-election. And I, I assume you are supporting the president. You're on board. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I I think he's done a fantastic job, and I'm, I'm <laughs> I um I know that he's you know thinking about uh, this decision uh, with his family as he should, but I I hope he runs for re-election, and I look forward to supporting and helping him win. You don't think he's too old? Look, I, first of all, I don't think we can have a conversation about President Biden. Uh, what the next twenty months look like, him running for re-election without acknowledging what he's accomplished, right? I mean, on the economy, we were supposed to be in the midst of a recession uh, right now, uh, yet workforce numbers are uh, are climbing, uh, inflation is falling on infrastructure. I mean, President Biden uh, done what presidents, you know, have been talking about since I was a staffer on the Hill. He got bipartisan infrastructure legislation across the finish line, and it's going to be felt in every single district across our country. On health care, he passed the most significant health care savings law since President Obama's Affordable Care Act, uh, including savings that seniors are already feeling today um, on Medicare. And that doesn't even begin to touch, you know, what the Chips and Science Act is going to do for American manufacturing and bringing that home, what the PACT Act is going to do for veterans, what the Violence Against Women Act is going to do for women. I mean, the list just goes on. And so I think, you know, what what uh, what we have to keep in mind is just how historic uh, the legislative achievements are of this, you know, for this president. And sure, but what he, he could. Why not take the win and be a historic first term president? I mean, Nikki Haley just announced her presidential campaign. She said she wanted cognitive tests for anyone 75 and older. You see the argument that's being unveiled here that's going to be deployed against an 80 year old president. Yeah. Why not take the win? I say, why not finish the job? Uh, He is which is exactly what he compelled the Congress to do. Look, he's not the obstacle to doing more and doing more in a bipartisan way, might I add. Uh, The House Republicans are, right? They're talking about launching all these investigations when they ran on lowering costs for families and attacking inflation. I would argue that our biggest impediment to getting more work done for the American people is not President Biden. It's House Republicans who would rather, you know, investigate and entertain conspiracy theories on these committees than actually do the hard work of coming together and getting things done. And they've proven that over and over. Look at what the, how they're handling uh, the debt ceiling, um, something that should just be, you know, it, it should be so non-controversial. And this is a this is about the protecting the full faith and credit uh, of the United States. And it's something that that we did three times under President Trump. And yet here they are using it as a political weapon. But, uh, instead but, don't of just they getting... have a, but don't they have a point in that Congress should look at some spending cuts in order yeah, can... to move to the debt in, in, in order? I mean, the debt, the debt is, I mean, the Biden administration has spent $3.37 trillion in their first two years. I know you're a member of the New Democrat Coalition, which I believe is described, correct me if I'm wrong, is is sort of pro-business and, and moderate on, on fiscal matters, even sometimes 
taking a more conservative approach on fiscal matters. But if you spent three point three seven trillion and you're against any spending cuts, how do you describe yourself as moderate to conservative on fiscal matters? 